What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Let's go ahead and go to Revelation chapter 12. And what I want to do today is I just want to <clears throat> I just want to read it straight through so we can get a, a perspective. Revelation 12, 12. So we ended on 11, 12, 12. Therefore, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to you. O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman. Who's the woman? Israel. The dragon is Satan, that serpent of old, who had given birth to the male child, which is Jesus. But the woman was given two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent, or the dragon, poured out water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious. You might want to highlight that. With the woman, with Israel, and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring, that's you and I, and those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Verse chapter 13. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea. So it's a, 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 who's on the shore? Satan's on the shore. And now comes a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads. And ten diadems on its hordes, horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet like a bear. And its mouth was like a lion's mouth and two it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. So there's a beast and a dragon, a beast and a dragon. So again, these are characters that are being talked about, real characters. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, and its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshiped the dragon. For he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. That's half the tribulation, three and a half years. It, be, it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blasphemies his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Hopefully that's us who have been raptured. Amen? Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given to it over every tribe and people and language and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who is slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword, 
must he be slain. Here is the call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Verse 11, Revelation 13. Then I saw another beast. So there's another beast. Rising out of the earth, it had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it follow, that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six, six. Six. All right, this is a lot, isn't it? I want you to understand something. Why is this important for us? And why shouldn't you tune out? Well, Chris, if if you, if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, we're, we're, we're not going to be here, so why even spend time on this? It's a good question, by the way. There's multiple things going on. But what I want you to understand is that in the book of 1 John, it says that there's an antichrist spirit already at work in the world. Understand what was happening in Germany in the 30s and the 40s. There was this guy named Hitler, and he had a great plan for Germany. He seduced the majority of the Lutheran church, not all of the church, but the majority. There were those, one of them was Dietrich Bonhoeffer, by the way, book, Cost of Discipleship, Must Read. Life Together, you read that in 516. He was murdered by Hitler because he wouldn't bow down. Hitler is a type of antichrist that even made a treaty with Chamberlain from England. And when Chamberlain, who's the prime minister of England, came back to England, hey, I made peace with this guy. Oh, great. Well, a few years later, Germany was bombing England. And Winston Churchill had to rise up. There is a spirit of Antichrist that has always been at work and is at work right now in the world. And for us, the church, what is popular in the day just might be the Antichrist spirit. Again, there was no country as educated as Germany was. 
They're way smarter than us. They were intellectually way farther ahead than America. Smartest country on the planet, Germany, at the time. But all of their wisdom didn't stop the demonic deception that happened. And so we need to be people that are aware. Do you know the hallmark of the last days, when you read the New Testament, it's the word deception. And why is this important? Because it is, it is awakening us to what is about to take place, what is about to go down, and we've got to be very, very careful when we go after leaders. We've got to be very, very careful in the political arena. We've got to make sure that we don't get overtaken by a political spirit, that we pledge allegiance to the kingdom only. The kingdom of God only. And everything else is secondary. We can see how in America, when one leader takes, takes over as president, things shift. And then another, they shift back. Decisions can be made that can be anti-Christ in America. And we need to be careful of where our allegiance lies. I pledge allegiance to Jesus and his kingdom. My heart is fully given over to him. Does that make sense? We can't get it twisted. You have to be very careful. Jesus is the only one that can save. Jesus is the only one that can make a nation great. Chris, what are you saying? Don't worry. I, I, you, I just said what I said. Verse 12, chapter 12. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell on them, but woe to you. 12, 12. O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you with great wrath. This wrath means a violence. He is upset. He is mad. There is outbursts of rage. Because he knows this time is short. I got three and a half years left. I'm really upset right now. Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he'd been thrown down to the earth, he pursued to chase the woman who had given birth to the male child. Now, remember what we talked about last week, Daniel chapter 10. There's battles that are going on right now in the heavenlies. This time where Satan still is in the heavenlies because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, rulers and authorities in high places. The time is going to change where there's going to be a shifting where the devil has been thrown down. There's periods that shift, and we need to understand the time right now. To us, the time now, we will trample on scorpions and snakes and nothing will harm us. This time then, guess what? The saints will be conquered. Different season, different time. He had been thrown down to the earth. He pursued, that means to chase, the woman who had given birth to the male child. He hates this woman, Israel. Now, spirit of Antichrist was also working in Hitler. Who did Hitler try to exterminate? The woman, the woman, the woman here, he hates her. Now listen, please, no other ethnicity, 
has ever been hated as much as Israel. And so much of the church, you're teetering on antichrist doctrine when you come against Israel. And I have to warn you, replacement theology, which rejects, it it teaches this, that the church has replaced Israel. This view is held by the Roman Catholic Church, by the way. This view was held by Martin Luther, Lutheran, the Reformation. And so a lot of the denominational churches, they're anti-Israel. In fact, Hitler used some of Luther's writings to justify we need to exterminate the Jews. Again, Antichrist spirit. This is why this is important that we see this here. There is a hatred. And so some, some people, listen, as I, when I was little, I would hear jokes about Jewish people. Money, this, that, you know. And just this, this underlying hatred, just like, you know, some of us who have been around some, some racist folks would hear things about white folks or hear things about black folks right? What is that? Why the Jews? And so here's some problems with replacement theology. The Israel appears in the New Testament 75 times. Replacement theology calls God a liar. It maligns the character of God. It comes against the covenants that he made with this nation. He made a covenant with Israel, Abraham, David, and these have not been done away with. Romans eleven twenty six through 27 clearly state that all Israel will be saved. In fact, it says, this will be my covenant with them that I will take away their sins. The covenant is still intact. Be very careful. I want, I want you to, well, we don't have time today. Luke 31, just write it down. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Jesus, the Messiah, has never ruled over the house of Jacob. But scripture here in Luke 1, 31 through 33, says that Jesus will rule over the house of Jacob covenants have not been done away with. No nation has suffered as much as Israel. When you look at Egypt, what was Pharaoh doing? Enslaving them for 400 years, killing their babies, killing every male child. It's why Moses was hidden in the Nile. When Jesus was born, Rome, they were torturing, crucifying, murdering Jewish people. 
Thousands of Jews would be lined roads into Israel and Jerusalem where they would see their fellow Jewish hanging on a cross, just dead bodies lying there as they walked into the city. And we know what King Herod did to Bethlehem. Every male child, I'm going to kill him. That's how Rome treated the Jews. There was widespread persecution that happened in Europe as well during the Crusades. The Crusaders heard of the Jewish population in a synagogue one time, and they set synagogue on fire. Most Jews during this time were killed, and some of the survivors were sold into slavery. That's why you see the Arch of Titus in Rome. It has pictures of Jews being held captives from 70 AD when Titus killed millions of Jews and he took captives back into Europe. King Edward first banished all the Jews from England in 1290. Get out, Jew. England did that. France followed in 1306. In 1350, they were persecuted because they were being blamed for the black death. Spain followed to remove all Jews out in 1492. Russia blamed the Jews for the assassination of Alexander II in 1881. And for the next 40 years, hundreds of thousands of Jews were killed. Nearly 3 million Jews were killed during Stalin's reign alone. Three million Jews, and under Hitler, six million Jews. Almost the half, half of the population of Europe was killed under Hitler. And so you can't look at that, and, and then you come back to Revelation. He hates the woman. And here's where some in the church, and maybe some of you here today, listen, you need to repent if you have any hatred of Israel or the Jewish people. Listen. New Testament, you repent if you hate anybody. But understand, it's that specific one. Why, why, why? When you read the Quran, you know what it says? Do not befriend the Christian or the Jew. The Quran says that. Why, why, what about Buddha? What about other religions? Why only these two understand the enemy, the dragon, hates Christians and Jews. You know that was in the Quran, did you? True story. Quran also says God has no son, but anyway, I'm going to keep it moving. Verse 14, Revelation chapter 12, but the woman was given two wings of the great eagle. Now, I was listening to some commentary. The guy's like, the great eagle's America. Let me just say, no, it's not. No, it's not. In fact, if you would please just put Exodus 19.4 there. Exodus 19.4. America is not the savior of the world. Jesus is. And Exodus 19.4 says this. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. How I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Exodus 19.4. God bore them on eagle's wings and he brought them to himself. He desires intimacy with his people and he rescued his people out of slavery. That's what he does. And this is saying this is what he's going to do at the end of the tribulation period 
to the Jewish people, to the Jewish nation. Verse 15, the serpent poured out like a river. Now, someone, so, listen, the Sea of Galilee, right? All of a sudden, all these winds, all these waves, right, on a little lake. Sometimes the enemy can affect weather. Out of his mouth, after the woman to sweep her away with a flood, but the earth came to help the woman, and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured out from his mouth. I want you to uh, turn, keep your place here. Turn to Matthew chapter 24, please. Matthew chapter 24. Uh, you need to keep your place in Matthew chapter 24 as well as Daniel chapter 7 and Revelation chapter 12 and 13 because we're going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Why do we go back and forth, Chris? Can't you just put it on the screen? No, we don't serve milk here. You've got to know where things are. You need to be writing down in your Bible like, okay, I come across this verse. Let me, let me write down Matthew 24 over Revelation chapter 12, verse here, because this is what he's referring to. What's he referring to? What Jesus said. And what did Jesus say in Matthew 24, 15? So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, what is that? Well, we're going to see that in a few minutes. Standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who's on the housetop not go down to take what's in his house. And let the one who's in the field not turn back to take his cloak. Alas, women... For women who are, alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulations such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. This is talking about the great tribulation time. See, great tribulation never has been, never will be. This is it. This is the climax. This is the last three and a half years. And Jesus was saying the abomination that causes desolation, which is, G which is the Antichrist, this beast that we're going to learn about, he's going to be in the temple and he's going to say, hey, I am God, worship me. That is an abomination that causes desolation. And that was prophesied 500 years before Christ even came. And this is why we're talking about Daniel. Because it's important to understand what's going on. And listen, saint, Christian, this is the beautiful thing about Bible prophecy. That we can see things happen before they happen, which should strengthen your faith. To know it's going down just like... He said, it's going down. I want you to keep your place in Matthew chapter 24 because we're going to come back to it. Now let's go back to Revelation 12, 17, please. Then the dragon became furious with the woman. So wrath and fury with the woman, Israel. Hatred, wrath, fury. And he went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. Who's the rest of her offspring? Well, that's you and me. That's those who've come into the kingdom of God. Christianity was Jewish. And that's why Peter was shocked in Acts chapter 10 when the Holy Spirit fell and they started speaking in tongues. Wait a minute, these Italians? I thought they were just good for pizza, but they're in the kingdom? Holy cow. In fact, what's beautiful about that text, I love it. He didn't even stop 
stop and give an altar call. The Holy Spirit just fell while he was speaking. You're chosen, beloved. He chose you. Real offspring of Jesus, don't get this twisted, church. You might want to write it down, just saying. Do what the Holy Spirit tells you to, not what your pastor tells you to, though. Real children, real offspring of Jesus. Highlight this in 17. They keep the commandments of God. They keep the commandments of God. You better be careful for those who discount the word of God. You need to be warned. There's going to be false prophets that come in sheep's clothing, and that's why Jesus says you beware of that. And a false prophet will not bring up the word of God, will not go through verse by verse, chapter by chapter. It'll be three little points that make you feel good and leave. And there may be two, three offerings in a service. You can tell by the fruit. But one of the fruits in us is we keep the commandments of God. The Holy Spirit will never contradict his written word. Oh, the Holy Spirit led me. Well, did that line up with the word? Then that wasn't the Holy Spirit. And they hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he, 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 who's he? The dragon, the serpent. He stood on the sand of the sea. 13.1. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea. So if Satan the dragon is standing on the sea, he can't be the beast rising out of the sea. So this is another character with ten horns. What do horns represent, church? We've been over this. Horns represent power. Power. He had ten horns, and the horns represent power. And seven heads, what does head represent? Authority, yes. Yes. I'm kind of kidding with you guys, but, but church, we done been through all this stuff. You know, here's the deal, though. Don't, hey, I've forgotten more than I've learned. There's no judgment in the house of God. But you might want to write, by horns, power. You might want to write, head, authority. Because Jesus prophesied, the first prophecy in the Bible was to who? Satan. Yes. Guys, I'm quizzing you today. And what was Satan told? What's going to get crushed? His head, which means what? His authority. The Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. This is why we teach this. This is why we go through it, guys. Okay? That's why I'm not saying, can I get a witness? I don't want a witness. I I want answers. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm playing around with you. So I want you to turn back to Revelation 12, 3 real quick. This great red dragon has seven heads, authority, 
and ten horns, power on his head, seven diadems. So wait a minute. The dragon had that. Now this little beast has that. Why do they have the same thing? Because I want to submit to you, and this is what we're going to learn, that the dragon, who is Satan, gave his power and authority to the Antichrist. This first beast is the Antichrist. This is a one world leader who's going to make a covenant or a peace treaty with the world, with the nation of Israel. He's going to bring peace to the Middle East. How's he going to do it? Here's what I believe. This is not doctrine, but it's what I believe. The Jewish people, they want to build their temple, but what's there is the Al-Aqsa Mosque is there, which is run by the uh, Islam and, and, and the Muslims. And so it's the Temple Mount. Okay, what if a ruler comes and says, hey, I've created this plan. You can build your temple, and the mosque can stay there as well. Oh, man, you are amazing. Nobody's ever been able to do this. We want you to be our leader. Antichrist, will you take over the world? So we can have cheap gas again. And halfway through that, he's going to break the covenant. He's going to go up into the temple because the temple has to be built in order to cause the abomination that causes desolation. He's going to tell everybody, you have to worship me. And this is at the end of 13. We'll see it. The beast is found 37 times in the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel. So this is a busy character, the Antichrist. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 11, please. <clears throat> and this is why we need to beware... False prophets, they tell you what you want to hear. Just ladies, listen. Used to teach our young people all the time when I was leading group, youth group, right? Fellas, they, 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 give, they give love to get you know what? It's not what people say, it's what they do. It's the fruit on their tree that matters. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. listen, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. So apostle so-and-so or apostle from this church or apostle from that church, not all apostles are false. What I'm trying to say is just because somebody has a title, you don't look at titles. Verse 14, and no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Jesus showed up in my room. Are you sure? Are you sure? Did you fall down as dead? No, I didn't. We were talking. Oh. Every time Jesus shows up, what happens in the Bible? They fall what? Dead. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm just saying. So it's of no surprise his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, but their end will correspond with their deeds. Fruit, tree, tree, fruit. 
And this, the dragon is going to give him great power. He's going to give him great authority. He's going to give him, Satan's going to give the Antichrist his throne. I want you to turn to Daniel 9.27, please. And when I say he makes a a covenant for one week, why would I say that? One week is, is seven years. Seven years. Daniel 9.27, and it says, he shall make a strong covenant. So again, the Antichrist is going to make a covenant, a covenant for many with one week. One week, that's seven years. And for a half of the week, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. So in the temple that will be built in Israel... There's going to be an end put to sacrifice. And on the wing of abominations, and you can put Matthew chapter 24 there, because that's what Jesus was referring to. When you see the abomination that causes desolation, let the reader understand. This is not the Messiah. This is not Jesus. This is the Antichrist. That's why Jesus is pointing his people back to the Bible. Because he wants them to know who they're dealing with. The Jews are going to be so excited to get their temple built. Not understanding that they've just given power to the Antichrist. And he's made this covenant. The one who makes desolate until the decreed end is pointed out on the desolator. How's this going to happen? How's Satan going to give his power? Well, listen, John 13 says this. Verse 27, to be exact, John 13, 27, that Satan entered Judas. These forces are spiritual forces. And this is how it's going to go down. All right, verse 2, Revelation 13. Keep your place in Daniel. We'll be going back. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's. Its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, to it, meaning the beast, the beast that's coming out of the sea, the dragon, Satan, gave his power and his throne and his authority, which you've already said. Now, I, I, I want you to, uh, you know what, I don't want to go into that right now. We'll get into some of this stuff we're going to hit again in, in, in uh, Revelation chapter 17. I do want you to go back to Daniel 7, please, though. Daniel 7. Daniel, he has this vision, and he explains the vision in verse 3. And so let's go ahead and see verse 3, and I want you to highlight some things so you can see the correlation here in Revelation chapter 13. It says there's four great beasts that come out of the sea. Where did that beast come from? Out of the sea. Different from another. The first was like a lion. The second, and and, and had eagle's wings. Then I looked, and the wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man, and the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, and the second was like a bear. And you want to highlight bear? You want to highlight lion, by the way. It was raised up on one side. It had three ribs and its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, Arise, devour much flesh. And after this, behold, another like a leopard, highlight leopard. And with the four wings of bird on his back, the beast had four heads and dominion was given to it. Dominion was given to it. 
Now, I want you to go back to Revelation 13, verse 2, and you see it in reverse. There was a leopard, a bear, and a lion. A leopard, bear, and a lion. So we're talking about the same thing. This Antichrist that is described in the Old Testament and also the New Testament. Verse 7, Daniel, chapter 7, verse 7. After this night visions, behold, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, exceedingly strong. He had iron teeth. It devoured and broke pieces. It stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it. It had ten horns. Hello. Ten horns. I considered the horns, and we too should consider the horns. Again, this was written 500 years before Jesus came, the book of Daniel. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came among another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots, and behold, in its horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and mouth speaking great things. We don't have time today, but again, in Revelation chapter 17, I'm going to explain this and break this down more, but here's what I want you to understand. I believe the Antichrist is going to come out of Europe. If you want to know why, come back Revelation 17. All right, verse 3, Revelation 13. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. Now, I had you in Matthew 24. Go back there. I want you to see this. Because again, Jesus is talking about uh, the Antichrist. Jesus is talking about the last days of the tribulation. And look at what Jesus says concerning the tribulation in the last days. Matthew 24, 23 and 24. That's where we left off. If anyone says, look, there is the Christ. There he is. Don't believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise in the great tribulation. They're going to perform great signs and wonders to lead people to stray, if possible, even the elect. This is why disciples don't follow signs and wonders. Signs and wonders follow disciples. These signs will follow you because false prophets can do signs and wonders. And here we are seeing this beast had a mortal wound in Revelation 13.3. This wound was healed and the whole earth marveled. Oh, wow. Who is like this beast? And notice as well, it's counterfeit of who? Jesus. By the way, the dragon, the first beast and the second beast, this is the unholy trinity. The unholy trinity. Everything that Satan does is a copy of what God is doing. In Exodus, when Moses threw down his staff, what did the demonic magicians do they threw down their stuff and snakes happened but what happened was moses's snake ate their snakes whenever there is a move of god there is always coming behind it a counterfeit move of god to discredit the move of god you ever walked in a place where people are getting healed set free and then all of a sudden a few weeks later there's like weird people that show up I don't know, maybe it's just me. 
Odd for God crew. What? Now, now, listen, you don't need to be odd for God. God will cause you to do something odd, but don't muster that up. Oh, man, I'm way off. Listen, whenever there's a move of God, there's a counterfeit move of God that follows. And so we have to be discerning because the enemy's going to send in some cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs into the church. And people are going to walk, oh, man, it's one of these places. And all of a sudden we get offended and we leave. And this is why discernment's called, and discernment from leadership as well, right? Because Jesus said, hey, listen, while the disciples were sleeping, hello, disciples, that's me. An enemy came, and he sowed seeds in the field. And so these seeds are weeds. Do you want us to pull them up, Jesus? He said, no, don't pull them up, because when you pull them up, you'll pull up the real thing. You leave it to the end. And so this is why we need to be discerning. That's why we need to be discerning as a people. There's a great counterfeit that Satan does as he counterfeits God, and he wants God's worship. Verse 4, Revelation 13. And they worship the dragon. For he had given authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? And who can fight against it? Right? What's that song we sing? Who is like the Lord, right? Listen, this is demonic worship that 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 that's taking place. Verse five. The the song, Who is like the Lord, that's not demonic. Verse four here is demonic, okay? Just want to make that clear. Verse five. The beast was given a mouth, uttered haughty things, blasphemous words, and was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. So his authority is going to be for three and a half years. Verse 6, it opened its mouth, it utters blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name as dwelling in those who dwell in heaven. And it was also allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. So again, this is a different time. Right now, listen, saints, we are going to overcome. We are the head, not the tail. We are going to trample on scorpions. Jesus has given us all authority over the enemy, but at this time, they're going to be conquered. In fact, we'll see later on in this book, those who are saved are going to get their heads chopped off during the tribulation. They're going to be conquered. And authority was given to it over every tribe, people, language, and nation. The whole world, one world order is going to happen. So when you are joining groups that are into a one world order, understand there's a spirit of antichrist at work with your desire for one world order. This is why this is important. Listen, open borders. Listen, we need to understand what the spirit is doing. The demonic spirit. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Christians will be hunted on the run, murdered, heads being chopped off. Verse 8. And everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. I want you to turn to Psalm 139, please. 
out of all the verses in chapter 13, this is my favorite verse. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb that was to slain. Is your book there? Is your name in his book? Is it there? If it's there, it's already there. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, today might be your day. Psalm 139.16. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. In the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. This is why a true Christian cannot be for abortion. You have to disbelieve the Bible. You have to disbelieve uh, uh, Revelation 11.8. You have to disbelieve Psalm 139. You have to disbelieve like hundreds of verses if you're pro-abortion. A Christian cannot be pro-abortion and believe the Bible is the word of God. 17, how precious are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. Oh, dearly beloved, those whose names are written in the book of life. His thoughts for you began before you were born. They began before the world was created. Think about that. Think about that. In John 17, 24, God had a relationship of love and fellowship with God the Father before the foundation of the world. In 1 Peter 1, 20, the work of Jesus was ordained before the foundation of the world. In Ephesians 1, 4, he chose us to be redeemed before the foundation of the world. In Revelation 17, 8, the names were written in the book of life before the foundation of the world. In Matthew 25, 34, the kingdom of heaven was repaired and redeemed before the foundation of the world. God has a plan. His plan is being worked out. You and I are part of that plan. He is in charge. He is not disturbed he has it ever occurred to you that nothing's occurred to God he thinks about you so much and he always has even before he created this world and everything in it this is why to destroy someone in 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 the womb is to destroy the will of God to destroy what is precious to God that's why there's such a demonic antichrist spirit going on right now because they want to murder the babies before they're born, as God is the one who knits them together in their mother's womb. And by the way, there is grace and forgiveness at the cross for those who have made that choice. No condemnation, but you must repent of your sin and ask God to forgive you, and he will. He will. Verse 9. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone who's to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. Here is the call for the endurance and the faith 
of the saints. I want you to turn to Revelation 14, please. Revelation 14, 12, it says, here is the call for the endurance of the saints. It's the same phrase. God is not being redundant, but these people during this time are going to need to endure. They're going to need to endure. This is going to be a hard time. In fact, when they die, look at verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. It is better to die during this time than to live. You're blessed when you die during this great tribulation period. And so these saints are going to need endurance. They're going to need faith. I want you to turn to Daniel 7.25. And this is where we're going to close. Worship team, come on up. We didn't get to to, to the false prophet. And so we'll get to it, but at least we went to 13 today. Hallelujah. Daniel 7.25. This is speaking of the Antichrist, this beast. It says that he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Christian, listen. Kids are going to hate me for this, but this is, this is, this is true gu- guinea pig stuff, okay? So my, my, my kids, because Colleen and I, we, we didn't want them to have um, this stuff. Um, and because we, we homeschooled our children, we, we, we didn't, hey, you can read a book, okay? Um, but they didn't have that stuff. They didn't have video games. They didn't have any of that stuff because research has, has shown, in fact, all of the Silicon Valley leaders do not let their children have cell phones or iPads, okay? What I've noticed, okay, is that when we are like this all the time, we become drained. Endorphins are popping off. Right? That's how they've created, by the way, the likes and the dings and all of that stuff's happening. And we're like this, and we're like this for hours. And then when we get off, people are just zombies. Right? I've seen it in my kids. I've seen it in myself. I've not seen it in my wife. But she's seen it in me. And this thing is wearing out the saints because it's sucking time. Instead of our face in this, right here, right? Instead of our face in this, it's in this. And we're getting worn out, worn out, worn out. And that's what the spirit of the Antichrist wants to do. He wants to wear these people out, but he wants to wear us out. Are you tired? Are you weary? Who's in your life to help you? That's holding you accountable. Because some of us, listen, we're not doing anything evil on these devices, but we're on these devices for hours, and it's just wearing us out. I can testify. 
What else is wearing you out? You know you're not the Savior. Jesus is. And people don't need you. They need Jesus. Some of you haven't gotten an email response from me for about a week. That's okay. Jesus is on his throne. I'll get to it. And some of you are in here. I won't look at you. You don't need to hear from me. You need to hear from Jesus. I'm not that important. He is. Chris, I text you and you don't, you don't text me back till the next day. Yeah, because I, I, I turn my phone off sometimes for days. When I go on vacation, man, right? What, one time after a week, I had like 100 texts. I'm like, crap, I got to sit here on my phone for hours now and now zombie myself. So the Holy Spirit, listen, he's here. What's wearing you out, saint? Sorry for picking on your device, but what's wearing you out? What's wearing you out? Are you sensitive to the antichrist spirit that's at work? Do you realize that this war that we're in is a spiritual battle, that the spiritual war is more real than what is real? Be very, very careful of all the political stuff. Be very careful. Because again, the majority of Germany went after Hitler. And that was a precursor to the Antichrist spirit. We need to be aware. And Jesus tells us that in Matthew chapter 7. Beware. Beware. Be on guard. Many false prophets, they're going to come in in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they're ravenous wolves. So look at their deeds. Look at their fruits. So, Father, I thank you for this time here today. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the victory in the cross. I thank you that we have won because you died and you rose again. And you're seated at the right hand of God. And not only that, but we have your Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We just thank you, God, for who we are in Christ as your sons and daughters. There's people that are here today, Lord, that I know they're kind of scared their name might not be in the book. And listen, if your name's not in the book, Scripture declares you will spend eternity in hell. So if there's something going on inside of you that says, man, I, I, I want to be in the book, I'll... I want to begin to give my life to Jesus. Maybe that is the Holy Spirit that's going to save you today. And I would encourage you during this time of prayer, we're going to have our prayer partners up here to come and to say, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to give my life to him. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would just blow through this place, that you would just have your way in this place. We need you, God. We need you to help us to worship you. We need you to help us to adore you because there is no one like our God. You are exalted, Jesus. Your name is above every name. And at, every, at your name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So be glorified. Be exalted, God. And I pray for those who are weary and tired. I pray, God, that they would recognize that that is not you trying to wear them out. They would seek help. They would seek counsel. 
they would walk filled with the Holy Spirit, heads anointed with oil so that their cup overflows. This is our inheritance, God. Continue to strengthen your bride so that we're wise to what's going on in our world right now. We need your wisdom to move properly, God, in humility, knowing that apart from you, we can do nothing. And so we welcome you now. Help us to fix our gaze upon you now as we sing to you. You are worthy, God. You are worthy. You alone are worthy, Jesus. You are the lamb that was slain. You deserve all of our honor, all of our praise, all of our adoration, all of our love. You deserve it all. And may we give it to you now in song, but also throughout the rest of the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.